0: Hi there, and welcome into BTN's Take 10 podcast. This is Alex Ruber, BTN.com, and this is the first installment of what should be at least three episodes of what I hope to make on the road. Uh, The BTN bus tour has been on the road for over a week now, and for those of you who don't know, the bus tour is the annual trip that the Big Ten Network makes each August every school in the Big Ten, where our very own Dave Revzin, Jerry DiNardo, and Howard Griffith host our on-site coverage from football practice at each school. And I tagged along with those guys and, and Tom Deanhart, our btn.com senior writer, to help provide some online btn.com coverage. And so five of us, along with a very talented crew of producers and coordinators, have been rumbling through eastern United States in the past week plus, and we haven't gotten tired of each other yet. It's been minimal fights, so, so that's good. It's actually my first time on the BTN bus tour, and with this podcast now up and running, I decided to take the show on the road and talk to players at as many schools as I could. And every school and every setup is different, so my apologies if the audio is more clear on some of these discussions than it is on others. We had to get a little creative to find some space at, at some places to sit down with these guys after they were just wrapped up a practice and we're all sweaty and everything and it was a little hectic, but um, all the, the schools we were able to work with were very helpful and uh, had a lot of fun talking to these guys. So I'm currently sitting in my hotel room in Ann Arbor, Michigan and this episode will consist of interviews from three of the first four schools we visited. On our first stop, I talked to wide receiver Jay Sean Harris the second at Indiana. I spoke with Australian punter Wade Lees on our visit to Maryland, and I talked to Rutgers offensive lineman, lineman Dorian Miller on our visit to New Jersey. And unfortunately, an interview at our second stop Ohio State. We weren't able to work that out, but that's all good. So... Before we get into the first interview with Jay Shun, I just want to remind everyone out there to keep listening and subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. If you don't mind, leave a rating and uh, and a review as well. The show keeps growing every week. I'm really happy with how it's doing. And actually made some national noise this past week because of our discussion in the previous episode with Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn. In case you didn't hear that episode, Quinn made some uh, lighthearted remarks about Fox co-worker Matt Leinert um, I asked him about uh, their, their battles his battles at Notre Dame with USC and um, his, his fellow Fox analyst is Matt Leinert these days so I asked him about the controversial bush push game against USC which many college football fans will remember and, and uh, you know Brady said oh they cheated and, and they know it and uh, it, was, it was all in good fun I think and Leinert I tweeted out that particular quote liner got wind of it responded on Twitter and the internet back and forth is on and that uh, with, the, with the followings those two guys have drew the attention of you know Bleacher Report and Sports Illustrated and some other content aggregators out there. So naturally, just as everyone expected when the show started the BTN take10 podcast was the epicenter for the mudslinging contest between Notre Dame and USC fans. but uh, for real it' was cool to see that, uh, take off and, and and see the Take 10 podcast on some uh, national sports websites. And I think it was all in good fun for Brady and Matt, so so that's good. But let's get back to the bus tour and get into our first interview with Jay Sean Harris second, Mr. Harris has a very interesting story as he is attempting to come back from not one, but two ACL tears and just got back in the swing of things at practice this past week with his teammates at Indiana. So, without further ado, let's get into it. It's my discussion with Jayshun Harris. All right, so uh, I am very excited to be joined here on the BTN bus tour stop in Bloomington, Indiana, in the beautiful Indiana practice facility by uh, Indiana Hoosier wide receiver uh, Jayshun Harris, the second. What's up, Jayshun? Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, no problem. How you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It was uh, very nice weather outside. It was unseasonably chilly it did not feel like <laughs> summer workout weather it felt right. like fall football weather what's what's going on out there I man? don't know
1: the past two days it was it's kind of blazing so the Lord showed us some
0: favor today yeah I'm not I'm not complaining do you uh do you prefer it a little little hotter or do you like this this weather
1: I like this weather it was perfect could catch my breath a lot easier uh the past two days I was getting winded a little bit with the heat and the turf definitely played a factor uh, turf was a lot chiller today than yesterday yeah
0: sixty five degrees i i 'll take that every day so <laughs> we'll we'll see if this is the nicest day on the uh fourteen stop tour but uh i assume you're happy to be out there at all no matter what the weather's like because um when i u got back to practicing this week this this was your first time out there in quite a while can you can you tell me why that is
1: oh uh, yeah so the past two years um i've i've been out i've torn both of my a c l s uh both non contact so uh, was too much I could do about it, but what I did have control over was my mindset during the rehab and, and definitely trying to get back on the field.
0: So you tore it the first time following your freshman season. You had a pretty good freshman season here at in Indiana, and it was the following offseason you tore that ACL, correct?
1: Yep. First day of player practice, uh, some of the seven-on-seven deals we have in the summer. Uh, was in 101 against one of our safeties, Chase Dutra. Just jumped up and landed on it.
0: So you're going into your redshirt junior season now. I was following your freshman year. And tell me what the rehab process was like coming back from that original ACL injury. How did you how did you battle back? And then what eventually led to the second injury the following offseason?
1: So definitely the first one, um, of course, I didn't know exactly what to do. I mean, I watched different videos, read right up on different guys as far as what they did to recover and definitely relied on our training staff. They did an awesome job, our medical staff, sorry, but, uh, yeah, just it was tough at times because I didn't know, like, I heard what pain I was supposed to be expecting. But when you actually going through it, it's a little different. So uh, learning from the, the things I didn't do correct on the first one, the second one was a lot smoother, the process.
0: So these were different knees, your, your injuries. So did it feel the same, the second injury, when you uh, when you went down in the – 2016 offseason before, before last season?
1: As far as, like,
0: how it happened? <clears throat> yeah, like, when, you, when the second time when it, uh, when it happened, did you know right away, oh, that's, that's an ACL since you had experienced that before? I didn't because it was a little different
1: because uh, this one was more planning than landing, but I did feel a pop and I grabbed my knee, and that's usually the universal sign of something's <laughs> wrong with the knee. So um, the trainers, they came over with immediate uh, care and was moving it around, and I kind of felt, the same that I felt on my first one so I kind of had an idea but uh
0: yeah. Can you you compare your mindset from the first time you had to go through rehab knowing that you'll be back on the field or in your head thinking you'll be back on the field compare that to the second time around when you're like oh man I gotta have to I have to do this Mm -hmm. all over again.
1: So the first time uh, I wasn't wasn't down as much because I mean this injury has has taken you know a toll on a lot of different athletes and so I was like, okay, this this is happening to a lot of different people, not just me. Um, I have to just go out there, uh, well, rehab, and then get back out there and try to be the same guy, if not a, a better version of myself. And then on the second one, uh, a little bit after surgery, just kind of, just kind of thinking like, man, I don't know, man. This is kind of tough. Like, do I want to continue to do this? So that letting that doubt in my mind, it, it kind of was starting to push me away from football. But then I just continued to pray. Uh, my parents continue to pray for me, and then I relied on my teammates and coaches for a lot of uh, a lot of guidance and, and hopeful tips. And so I just kind of rallied back, and then now, thankfully, I'm standing here today.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you reached a point there where maybe you reached almost a fork in the road. Was was that a low point for you in your rehab when you considered maybe football wasn't uh, wasn't in your in your future? Yeah, I, w- I
1: would say it's, it was a low point. Um, it was the first two weeks after surgery is always the toughest because when you're dealing with a lot of pain. Sure. But uh, after I got over that and I noticed that, you know, the process was a lot smoother than the first one, then I was like, okay, I, I, I can do this thing. And I just had to fight that negativity that I was trying to creep in my mind.
0: Yeah. And uh, you're sitting here, you look like a pretty big guy. Uh, how much weight did you put on just lifting weights, not being able to, to do a lot of, of legwork, a lot of agility and mobility? And how are you able to maintain your speed because that was a big part of your game when mm-hmm. as a freshman year you're, you're a, a small speedy shifty guy so how were you able to uh, kind of keep that balance? You know
1: I, I'm not sure uh, definitely the speed part I was surprising myself as much as surprising my teammates when we were doing some of some of our, our sprinting drills but I definitely going into it I didn't know how it was going to be I, I heard that some people come back faster after surgery or after ACL surgery, so I was just kind of relying on that, like, oh, I guess I'm gonna come back faster. <laughs> and then um, I guess after before the second one, was watching film, like, hey man, I look like I'm rolling on that, and yeah. So that that felt pretty good. It boosted my confidence in my knee a lot. And then after the second one, um, we this summer doing a lot of sprint drills just kind of felt like I was looking at guys beside me like, okay, I'm keeping up. Right. And as I'm continuing to get stronger, my legs getting stronger, I'm starting to, you know, separate myself a little bit as far as sprinting down the field. So that boosted, that boosted my confidence as well.
0: Right, so today was day three of practice. So you really just got back out in the field for the first time in almost a year, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago. Um, what was the rust like when you were, you know, trying to trying to get back in the swing of things?
1: Uh, definitely <laughs> just the... My knees, like, yeah, we've been running and conditioned over the summer, but it's a little different than actually mm-hmm. going out there for football practice, cutting a lot. So knees was a little sore the first two days, but today was a lot better. Um, so hopefully I'm over that little hump, that little rust hump, as far as running a lot of routes and planning a lot. So
0: so take me through your preparation that you have to do now as far as getting ready for practice and then eventually for games. Like, what's the, the stretching and, and the prep like now – Compared to what you had to do when you were fresh before you ever got injured, like is it much longer or?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So every morning I wake up, I want to bought myself a little stretch, man. Every morning I wake up, I just lay there for a second uh, and I end up stretching and just moving my feet around. I hang my feet off the edge of the bed, just moving around, and I feel old when I'm doing it, right? Because I'm, I mean, I'm 21, not supposed to be doing all this stuff. I should be able to just stand up and take off, but I move my feet around a little bit, um, just kind of stand for a second, let my knees and. My body just kind of get adjusted to what's going on. Then when I come into the training room, I get in the hot tub before practice, and I ride the bike. So those two things help. And then during our meetings, I have a band that we have in here, and I just kind of use it to stretch a little bit, just to kind of get myself moving, get my legs warm.
0: So combine your prep and cool-down time. What would you guess? Like how many minutes do you think that takes every day? The cool-down? And you can combine it with the prep. So, like, just lump it all into one. Okay, let
1: see. I would say about an hour worth of prepping, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stretching before I get here and cold tubs for a couple, about 10 minutes, and then the cold, uh, not cold, hot tubs for about 10 minutes before practice and then cold tub, Norma Tech. so probably around an hour's worth of time.
0: And compared to before you got hurt? What?
1: Oh, I, probably around <coughs> 30 minutes because I didn't have to warm up as much right. because my legs were feeling a lot better. So
0: when you went through this process, who did you lean on for support? Did you have... Coaches, mentors, friends, who were who you really able to, to lean on throughout your, your rehab and throughout some of those dark times?
1: Well, I'm definitely uh, a strong guy of faith, so I was definitely leaning on that side of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt like I kind of took a fall a little bit because I was just in that mode where you kind of questioning like, what's going on? Is like, why is this happening to me type deal? But I continue to keep my faith. You know, my parents helped me out a lot. Uh, my family definitely helped me out a lot, saying they continue to keep me in their prayers, so that that side definitely helped wheel me back into wanting to come back and wanting to, you know, get out there and, and play. So.
0: Does the possibility of getting hurt again ever creep into your mind, like when you're just sitting around or when you're out on the field? Is that, is that something that ever worries you?
1: Surprisingly, it doesn't. Really? Surprisingly, it doesn't. I have this mindset to where, I mean, if it happens, it happens. <clears throat> it, I can't control it, so might as well go 100%. And God forbid it happens, rather than not going hard at all, and then it end up happening. So I don't let that. I don't let a lot of those negative thoughts creep in my mind anymore because I mean it doesn't do anything but tear me down. So.
0: So during your downtime, during a lot of your rehab, you probably couldn't move around nearly as much as you'd like to. What were some of the things you did in your spare time? Do you have any hobbies you picked up or any TV shows you watch?
1: I mean, I've always been a guy that played, you know, the PlayStation, okay, uh, PS Four with my teammates. So. That picked up a little bit, and I got into reading books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just uh, earlier, I mentioned that these injuries kind of opened my eyes to things outside of football. So, that made me take my academics that much more important because with two injuries, you kind of feel like, okay, football, it's easy to see that it doesn't last always. Yeah. So, definitely now, uh, you know, looking out and, and seeking the business world as well because, um, again, football doesn't last always. So.
0: Yeah, so, and like you said, I use a good school. How did you end up picking, uh, let's go back a little bit to your, uh, your process, your decision-making process to, to get to IU. How did you end up at IU, and um, I guess what was that recruiting process like?
1: Well, at first uh, I was committed to Ball State, mm-hmm. played football at Ball State, and um, I just ended up coming down to IU and being around guys like Shane Wynn, Zeke Roundtree, those guys were just, just cool, like, from the jump. They treated me yeah. like a little brother from the jump, so – being around them, I was like, okay, I, I kind of like this vibe. I like the school. It's is awesome school. It's big. I'm not scared of the big stage. And as I got to, you know, get to, as I got to know those guys more, coming and visiting games, I was, uh, came to a camp and then ended up getting the uh, offer. Thankful for that offer. And then after that, I was like, okay, kind of waited out with my parents and then ended up decommitting from Ball State and committed to IU. And I felt like for me personally, that was the right decision. I've, I mean, I would have met awesome people at Ball State as well, but I've I've met some great people here at IU as well. And,
0: uh, yeah. Do you feel like you were ever doubted? Because you're undersized, a lot of undersized small guys. You're 5'7", 5'8". Do you feel like um, when coaches were giving out offers in high school, do you feel like you were overlooked at all? Oh,
1: hands down. Um, And I was just – playing, like, the numbers based off, like, how I did during the season mm-hmm. compared to guys who were a little bigger, and they, they had the big offers. So that kind of discouraged me a little bit, like, wow, like, is it really this cutthroat? Right. And right. so I just continued to, you know, keep my head down. I continued to work, and thankfully that one break came, and I used been that one break.
0: All right, so it's been a, uh, a journey, a long three years for you. You got mm-hmm. your redshirt junior season coming up. So what's your outlook for the season now? You got a new coach, uh, Tom Allen, came over from the defense. Mm-hmm. So, what uh, what do you think you guys have in store for uh, IU football this year?
1: You no, know, I'm excited. Just like how the fans are excited, I've seen how these guys have worked. Uh, my teammates, um, and I've seen how the coaches have worked. These guys, they are really they're here to to make some things happen. So, very excited for that. Um, and going back to my teammates, very excited. We did some big numbers in the weight room this year. A lot of guys uh, having personal records. So that that's making things more exciting. And then in uh, myself, I'm just excited to get out there and have that feeling again because I mean our coaches say it all the time these are one of the greatest times of your life so go out there and have fun and that's at this point that's what I'm doing just going out there having fun.
0: So I mentioned earlier you had a pretty productive freshman year you had a lot of all-purpose yards in in special teams and uh, a couple touchdowns I think 18 grabs for a hundred I think 60 yards or so your freshman year do you think you can match and exceed that production this year coming off uh, two straight years that were wiped out? Oh, yeah, I
1: definitely feel I, – I, and I left a lot on the field um, my freshman year, so I definitely feel like I've, I've matured just watching the game. I know you can mature playing as well, but being encouraged by my coaches to also take mental reps have definitely helped me slow things down. Sure. Um, even though I didn't have the actual experience, but, yeah, slowing things down. So very excited. I mean, I have my personal goals, of course, and I'm just excited – not just for myself, but for the team as well, to go out there and, and, and get as much as we can.
0: you going to still be on special teams, too? Oh, yeah. I, I would All love
1: right. to do special teams right now. Part return, for sure. Yeah. For sure.
0: And uh, you got some big news yesterday, or at least that's when we heard about it, at uh, College Game Days coming for your opening game against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. What was yours and the uh, the team reaction to, to that news?
1: I mean, it's pretty exciting, but I mean, it comes with the territory. This is a big stage. Yep. Um, big One of the biggest games that we've had as an opener, so just blocking all of that out it's still another game. We have to prep, just like uh, we'll prep for every other team. So that's all the distraction part. That's pretty cool that they're coming, but that's
0: not our main focus. Sure. And uh, before I let you go, Jayshon, um, we're going to do some segments. We're going to do these with each player that I talked to on the tour. Just some fun things, so a uh, little on-the-spot questions. And the first one's called Training Camp Compliments. So I'm going to have you – Give a compliment to your uh, your biggest rival. Would you say Purdue's, Indiana football's biggest rival, right?
1: In history, uh, yeah. it's yes known as a big
0: rival. Okay, so I, wanna, I need you to say something nice about Purdue football. It's early in the season, and, you know, there's no no hard feelings yet. Mm-hmm. We, we're not into it yet. So say something nice about uh, your in-state rival program, Purdue.
1: Uh, I would say, um, and my cousin, my cousin played, Gary Bush played receiver at Purdue. So it should be easy then. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, I've been around Purdue a lot, uh, going to support him when I was in high school. I would say the the first down chain is pretty cool. I all mean, right. they say some explicit words yeah.
0: in there, but <laughs> not not too, too nice to uh, to IU, but that's all right. <laughs> that's cool. We're not worried
1: about your <laughs> most blinders, right. we're not worried about that, but I would say that's pretty cool being, you know, supporting my cousin at the young age. That that was pretty cool to hear.
0: All right, cool. Next segment um called Song of the Summer. You guys had some uh a, a pretty hot playlist out there. I, I was enjoying that. So so shout out to whoever made put that together. <laughs> so what's the uh What's the song of the summer? What do you think, uh, if you think back, summer 2017, you would associate uh, a song with? Ooh. It's a tough one. It is. There's a lot of choices. Um,
1: just overall to sum up the summer? Sure. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, stick, I stick to a certain
2: playlist, yeah. so it's
0: kind of tough. Um, just pick one off the playlist.
1: Uh, there's this guy, his name is Quantrill, he has a song called Godspeed, so
0: I definitely like to jam out to that all the time. Godspeed, right, all uh, next segment called Bus Tour Bites, Mm -hmm. so, we're leaving after this, so we already got our, uh, our Bloomington cuisine in, but, but give me some restaurants so when when we come back, if we didn't hit it yesterday or last night, uh, give me some, the best restaurants in Bloomington. So it
1: depends on the timing, if you, if you're... In the middle of the day, towards dinner, there's this place called Bucetos. That's okay. really good. Nice pizzeria place. They serve awesome pizza, pasta as well. And if you're leaning more towards the, you know, late, late night, night food, late yeah, nights, there's this place called ZNC. Okay, it's a teriyaki cooking in your face hibachi type deal. Yeah, ZNC is definitely a spot to go to. Last night, last night we
0: hit up. Is it Zagreb? Is that how you say Zagreb? Janko's, the steakhouse? Oh, Yonko's.
1: Yonko's. Yeah, okay. Yonko's. So
0: don't, don't kill me, IU fans. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm not a native, but it was good. It was delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, hands yeah I got the steak and uh, really good service. We we're in and out of there mm-hmm. under an hour, so it was, it was uh, definitely a good meal, and I know it's an uh, IU staple mm-hmm. with all the uh, memorabilia in there, so that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, two more quick segments. This one's called Eggshells. Give me one coach you're scared of at practice or – Whenever, Like, one coach you don't want to make mad. You're walking on eggshells around him. Oh, I don't know. Don't be scared.
1: I'm not scared of, you know, but if I were to be scared, uh, <laughs> I would say Coach Hurd. Coach Hurd, he, uh, he's an awesome guy, of course. Yeah. But if you not... You know, performing, how you're supposed to perform, he will get on you. All right, Coach. And that's good. That Coach Herr, if you're out. listening
0: to the podcast, uh, make sure you make <laughs> Jay Sean run a couple extra suicides or lines afterwards. He, great, he
1: already know, but we need that as far as a position groove for someone to be on honest like that.
0: All right, last segment <clears throat> called uh, Scrap That. So if you could eliminate one drill or one part of summer practice, which one would you toss?
1: Oh. One drill. Um. <laughs> uh, maybe like the board <laughs> drill type mm-hmm. deal, because I'm a smaller guy. Right. You know, we, we try to get down, right. try to take as much hits off us as possible. But it's a it's a tough drill. I mean, it gets everybody up, of course, for practice. But if yeah, I, if I would say one drill, it would, it would be the board drill.
0: All right, Sean, you handled those well. Put you on the spot a little bit, but uh, you handled it <clears throat> perfectly and. That's all I got for you today, so good to see you back out on the field. Best of luck going forward this season, and uh, stay healthy, my man, all right? I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks again to Jay Sean for joining me. He was a super nice guy, and I'll definitely be rooting for a clean bill of health and a successful career for him going forward. My next interview in this first Bus Tour Edition episode is with Maryland sophomore punter Wade Lees. Wade is actually the oldest player in the Big Ten at 29 years old and is part of the recent wave of players from Australia we've seen coming over from uh, from down under after their Aussie rules football careers have wrapped up over there. Most of those guys tend to be punters as Wade is um, because the style of play over there uh, requires a lot of kicking the ball so it's the most natural transition over here and, and guys that wrap up their careers and, and are looking for something to do, have, have kind of gravitated over and have started to be recruited to American football, and it's been, it's worked out pretty well as, as some of these guys have made the NFL. And as you can imagine, for a guy like Wade, it's, a, it's a interesting experience of coming over here to play an unfamiliar game while trying to acclimate himself with a bunch of, a bunch of kids 10 years younger than him, and plus he has a cool accent. So, um, Let's get into it now. My sit down in College Park with punter Wade Lees. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined here at Maryland's football facility, it's part of the BTN bus tour, by the oldest player in the Big Ten. It's it's Wade
2: Lees. How how old are you, Wade? So I'm 29. I turned 29 in April.
0: 29, so. and you're 29 because you are a uh, transplant from overseas in Australia. You're from Melbourne, Australia?
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah. And how does a 29-year-old from Australia end up on the Maryland
2: Terrapins football team? Okay, so dating back a couple of years ago, I was actually traveling through Europe. Um, and on the back end of that trip, I um, I was traveling through, an Ameri- uh, through America. And um, I saw, I was actually watching TV over here, um, and I saw one of my buddies, who I played professional Australian football with, Um, prior to that a few years earlier playing for Ohio State and I'd lost contact with him and I didn't really know too much about college football but I saw Cameron Johnson for Ohio State coming out to punt and I was like sure that's not the same Cameron Johnson. Surely enough it was so after that I, I sent him a message just asking him how he got into it. He gave me the contact details of um also, um, So our coach back home, my coach as well, so um, his name's Nathan Chapman. He runs a kicking, punting academy called Pro Kick Australia. Mm-hmm. So reached out to him. Um, he sort of told me the requirements. Obviously, um, it's he just doesn't take everyone because he, he has to have a high standard. So try it out, um, pass the test. Um, I didn't have, and so I didn't actually complete high school. So I didn't have the high school grade. So I had to go back and, and do a an ACT. I had to go to university um, and get my grades to to be able to transfer. So, mm-hmm. um, so whilst I was doing that, um, I was I was working full time. So I'd finished my professional career, playing Australian rules football, which is which isn't rugby, which most Americans think it is. Um, it's pretty much the way we pass the ball in Australian rules football is the way a quarterback would pass to a receiver. So instead, we kick the ball to, to our our teammates. So. Um, and so that's how the, the sort of the punting game um, it rec- it sort of correlates into from Australian football obviously into punting because sure. yeah. we're obviously kicking the ball down the field so um, yeah so I trained up for for about a year um, I did well enough to get my grades and enough transferable credits um, I was put in contact with a coach um, at Michigan who I was getting recruited by um, he ended up leaving and then I think Coach Durkin had heard about me, obviously being um, obviously a prospect to go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so when he got the job here at Maryland, um, they identified um, that they needed a punter. So he reached straight out to me. So I'm pretty sure I was one of his first recruits here. So, um, and then the rest is history. So I played my first year last year and now I'm sitting here with you. Sure.
0: So you played uh, Australian rules football That's and correct. how did your role in that sport differ from uh, just being a punter here, you know, did you hit guys? Were you out running? and Yeah, know. definitely, yeah. So
2: so for me for them, so I was a midfielder, so if you can sort of imagine, a midfielder in soccer, yep. um, they're running everywhere. Australian rules football is a lot harder than soccer, so there's tackling, Like it's a 360 sport, so, you, so if you've got the ball, anyone can try and hit you, smash you, do anything, so it was very physical, obviously no pads, no helmets, no nothing, so I um, always show a few of the guys clips here of, um, of of obviously my highlights or just highlights of obviously people playing Australian rules football and a lot of them cringe at it and say mm-hmm. there's no chance that they'd, pl- that, that they'd be playing that so it's pretty good to obviously show them but yeah so and then obviously coming across as a punter um, my role is important but I'm obviously not involved enough um, which I do and I don't like. Um, it's, it's just because I'm used to be, like being the guy. Being the yeah. Right. So yeah. obviously, like the quarterbacks the main guy, or like obviously Jermaine Carter's is a star, so like he's the main guy. So for me, like that was me back there. Mm-hmm. I was obviously running, like would run up to to ten mile a game. So like we're very fit, um, and just being involved, being able to obviously change the course of a game and influencing yourself, which I can do, if I get put in. Um, but obviously, it's it's just a positional role. Um, and but I obviously enjoy the experience and, and obviously can't thank coach enough for giving me the opportunity. So, so how
0: many yeah. years did you play professionally in Australia and how does the stage compare to you know, big time college football over here in the Big Ten, there's 100,000 people at some of these games.
2: Yeah, so like pretty much at our Super Bowl which sort of correlates to obviously our Super Bowl weekend mm-hmm. which is AFL Grand Final, is probably when we obviously sell out the most which is 110,000 so otherwise you'd like in a like in like a normal game, you'd probably get about sixty thousand. That's a But for, like from that, I was sort of playing what essentially to the NBA would be the D league. So sure. So I was sort of playing a step low. So they still consider it professional. But um, yeah, so like it was nothing like obviously coming out against Michigan last year with uh, one hundred fifteen thousand, hmm. or even Nebraska ninety five thousand, and just the fans are so patriotic, and obviously the tailgating. It's just it's just an experience within itself. Just right. even that. So. Um, it's definitely a different, like a different atmosphere, and yeah, it's definitely um, yeah. Even people back home, if they watch it or if they watch highlights, they can't believe it's just a normal game, like, right? And like it's not a finals game, yeah, exactly. or exactly. Like it's a just a, a, a Saturday. Yeah, it? that's correct.
0: Yeah. So, when you were in Australia growing up there, um, you know, playing Auss- Aussie rules football, did you ever? watch American football on TV or did you know about it or did you know the rules do you have any interest at all in it
2: Um, to be honest like if it was like say if I wasn't working or if I didn't have any practice or anything on a Monday and because because it's obviously on a Sunday Mm -hmm. so it'd come on on a Monday at 6am or a Monday and there'd be a game on Monday at 12am so in the morning so if I was at home obviously just watching TV I'd watch obviously the NFL game but not any of college football. I'd never even watched it. So the first college game I, I obviously watched was the first game I played in. Um, I'd only ever been to one other NFL game before that, and I watched um, Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia down in Tampa when I was over here. So, but otherwise, yeah, I knew obviously the downs, obviously first down, second down, right. and that. But still, sometimes on the sideline, I don't know what penalties are going on mm-hmm. or all that sort of. What's I'm just sort of just. So I just try and keep. Uh, so I just sort of try and keep track of downs. Um, obviously, when it thirds down, I'm about to get in the game. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it, mate. So, have you been to you've been to America before
0: once or twice before you came over for school? It's pretty cool to you know be able to travel around now the country and, and see a whole other you know country, another continent, and, and play football while doing it.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, and it's good because there's a lot of guys. So now I think probably got about 40 australians in obviously college football right i think d1 possibly filtering down to d2 um or div 1a as well um so it's good so we've got a guy now at rutgers um, we have got a go at indiana um i think we were trying to get a guy at michigan i think that fell through but we've got guys everywhere um so obviously at texas so we play michael dixon first up so he's a good mate of mine so um yeah, so there's guys everywhere that we come across, and it's also an extra extra, extra bonus to obviously travel as well and, sure. and just catch up with them in the middle of the game. It was good. So Cam Johnson, who I was speaking about before, he's, he's at the Eagles now, so in the NFL. So played Ohio State last year, and obviously his last Rodeo. It was good to catch up with him um, after the game and um, obviously have a chat and, right. and, and just sort of reminisce. Obviously, two years ago, I was back home trying to do what his was, and then who would have thought a year and a half later I'd be playing out against him in our fourth last game of the year before he takes off the NFL. Right. So
0: like you mentioned there's a ton of Australian punters now after they either finish their career overseas, they'll they'll come to school and um, they're usually older guys like yourself. So do you think is there a um is the sport gaining popularity in Australia at all? Like do people even notice over there besides your friends and family?
2: Yeah, definitely. So um obviously close people to me didn't notice until I started Obviously playing in it now, but there was um, there was a game in Sydney last year, mm. Hawaii versus Cal. Okay. So, I've, and I think that got 90,000 So that wow. was pretty good, obviously for for a country that um, obviously isn't too familiar with the game. But yeah, it's definitely catching on a, at a rapid rate. But um, but as I said about the age thing, so like one of my best mates, uh, Tom Sheldon. So he's punting down at, at North Carolina, mm-hmm. and so he's twenty eight, about to turn twenty nine. Um, another one of my good friends um who actually who I was trying to get here his name's James Stefano um he's at Colorado now he's 30 and he's a freshman so so there's guys coming in at my age all around so um and I think the sheer fact is that like we've all played a high level of Australian football and once you finish there's more to life in football as the coaches are trying to implement here um like once football's done like like you've still got another 20 years of working life left so that was exactly what appealed to me um to attain that degree so even though I'm older my eyes are on especially getting that degree because once you have got that, that degree you've got it for life so it's going to set me up because I've still got another 30 years after or well, like 25 years of working so what's your major over here so it's communication yep. so I tried to get into the business school um, but because um, I bought over too many transferable credits mm. so they couldn't obviously clear my pathway so it's something that interests me as well so which is good so what's your
0: lifestyle like over here now you're older than all your teammates and by some some of these guys you're 10 years older than so yeah,
2: definitely. how have you I suppose by the time I'll I'll, I'll be a senior I'll be 12 years exactly well, so. <laughs> so how
0: have you kind of you know acclimated in with your surroundings here and, and with your guys have they uh they haze you a little bit as a, as a freshman as a
2: older freshman yeah I, I suppose as I said before i so to me it's normal because back home we turned professional when we we're 18 straight out of mm. high school so it's it was like the NBA. Obviously, you could, like, as, Co- as Kobe Bryant was, he turned obviously pro out of at a high school as well. So that's what we're like. Um, so for me, it, it, so it was familiar playing, like, being 18, playing with 38-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So and obviously, for, for, like, for me, it, it doesn't feel any different. For them, it was obviously like, "What's this old guy doing here?" But I'm still a kid as well, so I still run, like run, like run around and give them a bit of crap as well. So and then they do it the same. So it's a two-way street. And, You've got to have fun, otherwise, sure. if you didn't, um, I suppose you would. I suppose you know that they wouldn't be liking you. So, what about uh,
0: off campus or away from the field? What do you What do you do for fun around here?
2: So, I've got my partner over here, so my girlfriend. So, we've been together for about six years now. So, she got a visa, and so um, if obviously try and spend as much time with her as I can because she's working over here. Um, if not. A good mate of mine, Jalen Brooks, so he's our linebacker, he came across with me to Australia um, over Christmas and yeah. I showed him the ropes. Um, me and him are always just looking to go places. Um, spent uh, July 4th up at the Hamptons with, a f- um, with the old quarterback at Rutgers. Um it sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so we're down at Ocean City some weekends. We, yeah, so we end up trying to go to New York City, just catch up with or and just experience obviously different parts of America while we're here. Sure. Do
0: you have a uh, growing fan base back home personally, like with uh, your friends and family? Tune um, in to every game, especially with the time difference. It's got to be kind of weird.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose just immediate family. Um, I suppose a lot more people are starting to catch on, um, obviously with a few little obviously acknowledgements that I've got like with that Ray Guy watch list and that obviously people are starting to sort of catch on a little bit Um, yeah yeah I suppose obviously my mum's always been my number one supporter she's always posting stuff and that but um, but yeah but there's always people obviously actually a few of the coaches have always said for someone who lives in Australia I've never known anyone to have that many visitors come through the football facility so they're like We've had players who just live down the road and don't even have that many exactly. quiet family or friends come through. So I suppose they're pretty surprised at how many people actually do come through or who I do get over here. So
0: so you got one season under your belt now. Yeah. Do you feel like you've got a solid grasp of the game as far as the rules go, as, as far as adjusting to, you know, how, how different football is from Australian rules back home?
2: Yeah, I suppose even going into the first game, like I don't think I've probably slept two hours of the night before obviously going in against Howard, so I, I didn't really know what to expect, I'd, I'd repped as much as I could in practice, so I was more prepared than anything, but it was obviously just being out there, having that first punt, so after I got that first one out the window, I just wanted to get back out there, so, yeah. and then there was a few pressure situations in in the year um, that I was put in, but I'm a pretty relaxed guy, so um, so the more obviously experience I get, the more relaxed I was. Um, Early on, I, pro- I was probably punting—not a little bit scared, but a little bit reserved because I was too sure. scared to let the team down. Um, so, but now, yeah, like I'm sort of just just sitting back in the role and just sort of relaxed and and just know my job and know what I have got to do. So I'll definitely be able to execute and obviously, yeah, get better.
0: So you mentioned you, you want to be in the action a little more. You know, you want to be out there running around, hitting people. Are there any trick plays in the in the playbook for you? Maybe a fake punt
2: up your sleeve? Um, to be honest, I don't know any at the moment so, um, we ran one last year but um, against Nebraska yeah but coaches haven't said anything about it this year so you gotta get in coaches' ear you gotta start, yeah, you gotta start lobbying a, for a little for obviously platform, wouldn't so. mind um, just charging the ball down the field um, if you saw Brad Wing he did one he yeah. yeah, had the punter at LSU a few yeah. years back he's at the Jets now I sorry the Giants now so he he ran a 60 yard for a touchdown so that was pretty cool so yeah, I'd love to. Um, I made a tackle last year against Nebraska as well, so I was pretty happy with that. There you go. Um, yeah, so just a little bit of contact's not too bad. So, I suppose, but it's not good if the returner is coming back over my head because um, you know the, my coverage team hasn't gotten down there, or otherwise my punt hasn't been good. So exactly. So I assume you want to
0: try and take the whole punting thing as far as you can, right? You want—I mean, like you mentioned, your uh, friends in the NFL. You want to—is that the goal for you?
2: Yeah, obviously, I have. Everyone has sights on that, I suppose. If you didn't strive to, to like to be the best you can be, sure. obviously you wouldn't succeed in anything you do. So, um, I'm just going to try and keep improving each year and um, and just see what happens. Um, obviously, Cam's there. We've got another Aussie at Pittsburgh Steelers, Jordan Berry, Brad Wings at he's at um, the Giants like I mentioned before and then we've got Lachlan Edwards who's another Melbourne Australian who's at the Jets and then Samuel and Hill who's another Melbourne Australian at the, at the Cowboys so we're certainly taking over so I definitely would like to take in their footsteps but if I don't as I said before I've got that degree and Absolutely. obviously I've made some good networks um, just just met some nice people um, and and hopefully I can expand on my network base here and hopefully find a good job after football so.
0: sure. alright well a lot of good stuff from you Wade I got A couple segments that we do with each player, its just kind of fun questions, layhearted. So I'm going to put you on the spot, and we're going to see what you come up with here. So the first one, it's uh, since before the season, it's, you know, everyone's still kind of relaxed, chill. You don't, we're trying to be nice to everybody, you know. Um, So it's called Training Camp Compliments. Who would you say is Maryland's biggest rival on the field?
2: On the field? In football, yeah. To be honest, I'm sort of new to this, so like. Right. I'm honestly not sure, to be honest. All Sorry. right, so
0: let's pick, let's say, uh, let's say Michigan. They're in the east, they're at the top of the east. Say one nice thing. You went to their stadium last year. Say one nice thing about Michigan, their football program, their fans, anything.
2: Um, they had a nice stadium. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <laughs> That'll that. do. Uh, second segment is the song of the summer. You've been over here. You've, I assume that American music is pretty popular in Australia, but you've been here for a summer. What's the, uh, the song that's stuck
2: in your head this summer? Um, let me think. Um, I'm a bit of a Katy Perry fan, so yeah. um anything Katy Perry that comes out to be honest, so there was no uh Katy Perry
0: playing in the in the practice over there. It was a little bit No nah, there out. wasn't,
2: but to be honest I always request it, um in Coach Court slips. so but try and keep that one down, <laughs> down low. But. What's your favourite Katy Perry song? Um there's a few I've been to a concert I think three times. So, yeah? yeah, so all of them. I love everything about Katy Perry. She's so pretty she, good.
0: She is. <laughs> um, next one is called Bus Tour Bites. So we're going around all these campuses. We've been getting some good food at each spot. Uh, give me a recommendation for the best place to eat in
2: College Park or around the area. Best place to eat. It's um, a good question. The Maryland Diner, they always cook up some good food, so All I right. can't go past that. Our chefs, our chefs do a pretty good job. A little greasy spoon action.
0: Um, next segment is called Eggshells. So it's you look like a pretty big, tough guy, you know. Look like, you're not really, not really scared of anybody. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but uh, who's, who's one coach that you're a little intimidated by? Like Who's, who's one guy you don't want to make mad or screw up?
2: Oh, I think that's sort of obvious. Um, that, that's the number one I think everyone would know. Obviously, obviously Coach Durkin... You don't want to get him fired up. He goes a little bit red in the face, and his eyes just pierce straight through you. So you tend to either look the other way, or or or, or try and run or hide somewhere. You
0: ever uh, you ever got him fired up and had that some of that excitement directed at you?
2: Um, a little bit, a little bit. I just try to just to do like the right things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously if if obviously not having a good practice or something, um, it, it can get him riled up because he obviously wants the team to be playing. Uh, performing well, but but yeah, no, he's definitely ripped through me a couple of times. So every every football coach has got to have
0: a little mean streak in him, you know. In um, last segment, it's called uh, scrap that. So if there's one drill in practice that you don't care for too much, you want to
2: get rid of, what would that be? I suppose it's, I'm a specialist, mate. So i like I can't complain about <laughs> anything. So I'm sure all the boys would love to get rid of turp drill, um, but I can't complain about anything. And what drill is that? That's turp drill. Um, turf drill is just competitive so so you've got i think it's three o-line three d-line and a running back at the back oh we saw that at the beginning of practice that that got me hyped i was ready to get out there and start running behind the line i know i I, I feel the boys get hit pretty hard in that and (laughs) i know i wouldn't want to be out there because i'm pretty sure my head would come off in that so um but yeah i can't honestly can't complain about anything because i'll probably cop it back in the change room so i love everything i do
0: all right, and the coach is going to be listening. I can tell because uh, you're, you're treading carefully, but it, that, that's the type guy to do it. So,
2: Wade, I appreciate
0: it. That's that's all I got for you today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck going forward, and uh, keep these kids in
2: check out here. All right. We really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Right, Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Wade for joining me. I mean, he's got to be basically living every late twenty-something dream, right? He's, he's going back to college and, and living it up and playing a sport and then doing it all over again, pretty much, so that's got to be fun. And uh, best of luck to him going forward. And my final interview on this episode took place in Piscataway, New Jersey, where I sat down with Rutgers offensive lineman Dorian Miller. We conducted this interview outside on some some bleachers, you know, it felt like Friday night lights out there, so, you know, it was, it was authentic, we'll get some real authentic football sounds in the background, we got some, some wind in the golf carts going by, and all that good stuff, so, so forgive me for any audio. You know inconveniences, but it was definitely worth it because Dorian is a great interview—a really sharp and interesting guy. And as you'll hear, um, you know he's got some real unique insight—not into just his sport, but uh, some of his interests, like like music and um, his academics that he's undertaking at Rutgers. So definitely interesting guy to talk to, as you'll hear. And I won't make you wait any longer to hear it. This is my sit-down with Rutgers offensive lineman Dorian Miller. Alright, I'm pleased to be joined out here at Rutgers practice in Piscataway, New Jersey by redshirt senior offensive lineman, Dorian Miller. Dorian, how's it going, man? It's going good. We're uh, week down with camp, starting the
3: second week. So, uh, you know, just kind of getting in that the heart of camp, kind of getting into that grind and kind of that everyday that everyday routine so far. So it's been it's been going good, though.
0: Yeah, you guys got a beautiful new facility out here, the uh, Pataglia Complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all pretty amazing when we walked in it's, it's it looks beautiful yeah yeah no uh you know
3: i i obviously you know with me being a registered senior i've been here for for four years so so to be here and, and and practice on this new facility is uh pretty amazing you know especially compared to what we had before uh not to knock the old facilities but obviously you know 80 pat hobbs and and you know jeff towers you know they they all have spoke real highly of just you know the fine details of the facility, whether it's the grass or whether it's the drainage system, you know everything here is is pretty uh, top top flight. So it's pretty pretty pretty. It's, it's really an honor to practice on the field.
0: Yeah, sure. And uh, you're a New Jersey guy. You're from just up the road. Yep. And first of all, what what made you want to stay home play for Rutgers? And yeah. second, what made you want to stick around mm-hmm. through some of the upheaval when when the uh, there was a coaching change a couple yeah. years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, you know, first off, I'm just a, you know, I'm a Jersey guy through and through. Uh, like you said, you know, I grew up 15 minutes down the road, you know, essentially in the shadows of the, the stadium, you know, I'm pretty much two towns over, you could take back roads to get to my house. And, you know, I grew up, you know, my older brother, he played at Oklahoma, um, but he was a, he was a four star rivals, 250 guy. So he had, you know, he had Urban Meyer coming to the school, you know, at the time he had uh, Shiano recruiting him heavily. So he he, he had Rutgers in his top three. So I used to come and visit the Hale Center. Uh, I've been coming to the Hale Center since I was like sixth grade, since I was like 12 years old. So it was always something that was kind of just in the back of my mind, like, all right, Rutgers is there. And, uh, you know, as the recruiting process went on and, you know, certain coaches changed at other schools and. Uh, you know, the depth that certain O-line positions at other schools changed up. Uh, it was pretty much writing on the wall, and, and it was pretty much meant for me to uh, be here at Rutgers. So. And, and, and just to go back to it, I'm just a Jersey guy. You know, I love the East Coast. You know, I get to the city as much as I can. So, uh, you know, being away from here would have been real tough for me, and I probably would have ended up back here in some way. So
0: I think that's part of why I, you know, made that decision. So how about, I know some guys went uh. Coaches change, things happen, roles might change. Was there any doubt that that you would stick around here, or did you you know you wanted to stay and uh, keep building this thing right. here at Rutgers?
3: Yeah, no, I, there was never there was never any doubt. You know, I knew through through all of that. Um, you know, obviously there was a big cloud over the program, and you know, the outside looking in, it was it was tough. You know, it was tough. The the image that was you know placed upon the, the program that year, and, and you know, when everything happened, uh, you know, it was it was really tough to go through that. And and I knew. You know, part of why you know I, I knew I would never leave is just because, you know, there's, there's just so many good guys in the program that, uh, you know, through the events that happened were kind of overshadowed and, and overlooked. But, you know, I mean, we even got a, a couple guys in the league now that, you know, fought through that that are, are still in the league and just were really good people. So I knew uh, what the root of this program was. I knew what the foundation of it was, you know, back when Shiano was here and, and, and uh, what he built uh, this program on. So that was part of why I stuck around, and and why I never had any doubts. You know, I knew I know what this this program is capable of, and I, I saw it firsthand. You know, I was in this in that stadium when uh when when uh they beat Louisville, they upset Louisville. I stormed on the field, and uh you know I, I just saw I saw Ray Rice. You know, rush for over 1,600 yards that year. So, you know, Rutgers is is I, I was a part of that that uh that you know the, that building of the program as a fan. So I just knew. Uh, it was never a doubt in my never never any doubt in my mind
0: that I would um, not be here. So, so now you're a redshirt senior, one of the unquestioned leaders of this team, but obviously age isn't always you know you're not automatically a leader just because right. you're an old guy. yep. So I'm always curious on, on especially on football teams where yeah. you know it's such a, a big roster. Mm-hmm. How do you command the respect of, of players and and how do you earn that from from your teammates? Yeah. I mean I think it's, it's funny. My my process is I feel like it's pretty
3: relatable. Uh, you know, because I, I got a younger brother now, Marshall, so I try to help him out and, and guide him through it. But, uh, you know, you come in as a freshman. Um, you really don't know what's going on. You know, you're pretty shell-shocked. You know, it's a pretty uh, big transformation. And, and that year was tough for me. And uh, I was pretty quiet. I came in, you know, super quiet, just kind of observed. And through my freshman and, and in my second year here, um, I was able to oh, – wait for these guys to drive down. <laughs> Around the elements here. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the adversity you got to deal with in the <laughs> So through my freshman and, and uh, my sophomore year, um, you know, I really just looked at guys. I looked at the, the Caleb Johnsons of the program. I looked at the David Maluskis, the, you know, the JPOs, the Darius Hamiltons, you know, the guys that uh, showed up every day to work, and I kind of started to, to tailor my game and, and tailor how I approached the game um, after them. So my redshirt freshman year came. I was pretty much the the swing man on the inside. I was I was kind of the if somebody went down, at either guard spot. I was I was jumping in, and uh, you know I was taking a boatload of reps in practice with the ones. You know scout I, uh, when we were going against the scout team, preparing preparing to play. That year I got into five games, and then uh, that all that next offseason came, and you know the the the, the sw- switch kind of flipped, and you know I just knew all right these first two years I've gathered everything that I needed to to become a starter. Now I just need to put it all together and make it happen. So uh I think bottom line is just to answer your question, I think the reason why uh people view me as a leader is it's not because I'm the rah-rah guy, you know, I'm not the Ray Lewis, I'm not the the mouthpiece guy. I'm the I'm the just put my head down and go to work and you know I catch a guy on the sideline. Hey, you know what's going on? How you feeling? You right? Uh, just, just more of the, the, I feel like I'm more of the big brother, you know, The not, not, I'm not going to talk down to you. I'm going to talk with you. Um, I don't ever try to make it a, you know, I'm older than you, so you got to listen to me. Because there's guys that do things, you know, behind me or, or, that you know, whether it's on the two deep or, uh, you know, just another D lineman that, that may not be on the first team, you know, I respect. And, and I just try to, you know, collect everything from everybody and make my game better. So, i think people just appreciate uh my humility and, and my humbleness and and uh the way I, I go about uh the game and how i prepare and and uh how serious i take it so i think that's part of why you know how i become a leader yeah i'm not the you know i, I could give a good speech and i think that's part of why i give good speeches is because i don't talk all the time mm-hmm. and i don't you know i don't try to overdo it right you know but when i talk i do feel like people listen and uh uh, appreciate what I have to say. I, I like to think a lot and, and think deep about you know what I say. I don't just go out there and, and, and go off the Start top, spouting off. Yeah, you know, just right. spouting off and give you the the typical rah rah. You know they're not better than us. Yeah. Or, you know we're tougher than them. And it's like yeah, you can say that, but what is that really gonna do? Right. You know that everybody does that. So I try to attack it from different angles and, and just do things a little different sometimes when it comes to that. But yeah, I think people just appreciate. Let's put my head down and go to work. For sure. It undersized guy too so you know <laughs> undersized guard so I think that's that's kind of a chip I've carried you know for for a lot of my career
0: yeah and uh getting more into the on-field results you guys yeah. obviously had a tough year last year so plenty of room for improvement going into your senior year right. but you do get Janarian Grant back yeah. um one of the most electrifying players yeah. in all of college football really so how much easier does he make your job in, in the run game oh man he makes it he makes it a lot easier. Uh, you know, and even
3: <laughs> just going back to when I first started playing, you know that Washington State game, you know we're rallying, we're trying to come back. Next thing you know, you look up, you know kick return for a touchdown. Right. So he helps you out in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, like you said, on offense, uh, you know he helps out in the run game because he's a guy that you know people have to pay attention. They can't just just load the box up against us. So uh, I just I just can't wait for him to really, you know, have a full season where because obviously two years ago we had Leonte. And uh, he was a guy that you know was our primary guy. You know he's still with the Dolphins now, doing well. And uh, Jay was kind of in his shadows when it came to his role yeah. on the offense. So and then obviously last year he would have had a great year if you know he didn't get hurt the, the the Iowa game, which was the third game I believe. So I just can't wait for people to see him really in a receiver role. Sure. You know, not as just the the kick returner, uh, Janarian Grant. You know, and he's a you know he's a great guy. Um, you know, just a football guy. You know, and. and in this day and age, a lot of guys get caught up with social media, and, and they want to tweet out when every time they're in the, the, on the field or doing drills. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a Twitter. Uh, you know, barely posts on Instagram. When he does, it's just a picture of him with a you know a light caption. Really doesn't play right. into. It's rare this day and age you you see a guy that just truly. Is doing it because he just loves the game and wants to support, you know, the people around him. He's not in it for the the likes or the retweets. You know, he's he's really in it just for the for the for the game. So that's part of why you know I I can't wait for him to be back and obviously on the field he's gonna he's gonna be great. So he's electrifying.
0: All right, well said. And uh, getting back a little bit to your your family, you mentioned yeah. your brothers play football. Your your uh, older brother played at Oklahoma. Yep younger brother you said Marshall and mm-hmm. they are uh one was receiver one's a tight end is yeah, that right yeah, so it's like so, <laughs> so. how does that how does that happen you, you right. got I'm sitting next to a big burly offensive lineman here right. and how do uh, your siblings end up <laughs> at such contrasting positions well
3: it's interesting you know it's just it's just kind of my, my older brother took more after uh my mom mm-hmm. uh you know thin my mom was thin thin and tall um and then I guess you know my, my younger brother just kind of took a, you know, he was just obviously with the tight end, you block and you catch right. balls. So he, it's kind of funny that he took... Uh, kind of merged your positions together a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's crazy. My mom, oh yeah, my mom's 6'2", my dad's 6'2", um, and, you know, they both they both come from Oklahoma. So that's the connection with my, my older brother. Okay. We grew up Oklahoma fans, um, you know, and, and that was partially because, you know, at the time, growing up, you know, before that 06 year, you know, Rutgers was... It was, it was tough it was tough years for them sure. so it really wasn't you know it wasn't much to to be necessarily excited about and uh you know me and my family grew up you know rooting for oklahoma and uh yeah my, that's how my older brother ended up down there but yeah i think you know it's just my family my, my parents being big and, and, and tall and you know, i think that just trickled down to us and,
0: and led uh, to us being you know uh, just as big as we are here you are yeah yeah uh, a little more about your family mm-hmm. um I, I read in, in doing some background research yeah. on you that uh, the rapper Paul Walls, is close <laughs> to your family, yeah, close yeah. with you because your dad worked in the music industry for a while, mm-hmm. and that was just funny because it was a, it was a blast from the past for me because like Paul Wall was like on every middle school, high school soundtrack, <laughs> like all those dances that you play yep. on. You know when Paul Wall came on, you know yeah, the Girls song, that, yeah. And I was <laughs> I was gonna say Paul Wall's has uh, got the best girls in the game. So, <laughs> what, uh, tell me a little bit about that connection.
3: Yeah, so so my dad, uh, you know, he came up here like as I said, he's from Oklahoma. Um, he came up here to go to school at NYU, but before that, he was always his friend introducing him to Run DMC in high school. You know, he's, he's white, my mom's black, so he was always the, the, the cool white guy that, that knew right. about rap, and right. you know, he had all the, you know, the black friends, and <laughs> he was just able to just naturally fit in sure. with, with that crowd, and you know, he wore the African uh, medallion in high school, because <laughs> he grew up in the mid-90s. He graduated uh, high school in 1990, I believe, so okay. I, have, I have young parents. Yeah. And uh, you know, very you know, e- very very easy to relate to. And uh, he came up, as I said, he came up here to NYU, and uh, you know, from there started interning at the Source magazine. And at that time, the Source magazine it was a you know heavily East Coast driven. Uh, yeah, it first started as a newsletter at, at Harvard with uh, Dave Mays, Ed Young, John Shecker, and there's one other guy maybe leaving out, but. Uh, you know and all of those guys have done successful things mm-hmm. you know they all kind of left the source and they've uh stayed there but um yeah it started out as a newsletter uh became a magazine my dad interned there did pretty much everything you know and, and that's part of what i've learned from him you know that, that's what's trickled down to me is doing the odd jobs and uh doing the jobs that that you know the thankless jobs mm-hmm. or the you know it's funny i was watching the, the jimmy iveen dr dre thing and you know jimmy iveen pretty much got his big break when, you know, they called him in on Easter Sunday and, and John Lennon happened to be in the studio. Sure. You know, it's, it's moments like that. Right. And that. And it's funny, me and my dad were watching it together and he was like that's you know that's what I'm talking about. Those are the, the things that you, you have to do. So he was kind of developing that role at The Source and, and then uh, just eventually you know, was there for everything that would happen in the 90s. He was at The Source Awards where, you know, if you don't what producers all in your videos, you know, the Suge Knight uh, bad boy thing. <laughs> He was there for all of that. Yeah. And uh, what he brought to the source was just the, the, the southern aspect. You know, he's from Oklahoma. Um, he was obsessed with Miami base. Uh, he was a big, you know, he, big pusher of the hot boys in uh, the 90s, you know, with, with Lil Wayne, BG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, through the 2000s, that's when he, you know, would, would help the Houston rap scene really uh, make their mark on the game. Just in his role as he could. And, uh, you know, we do that. You know, I remember he he put in... Uh, it was Paul Wong Chameleon when a group together. It was an album called uh, "Get Your Mind Correct. And I remember that was the... I listened to that album in <laughs> my CD player. Yeah,
0: Chameleon Air is another guy, that, you know, <laughs> Riding Dirty, that was, that yeah, was the soundtrack. Yeah, you know what's funny?
3: like, And I don't mind that people know them for that, but they are really, you know, because Southern rappers usually get labeled with, you know, not being lyrical and not necessarily being guys that are, um, you know... They're, they're, they're not uh, lyrically complicated right. you know they're just basic and, and hook very hook based hook driven but they were at that time they were really lyrically you know uh, putting out good stuff good content and that album uh, I still every now and then it comes on on the shuffle you know I still listen to it but I think that was 02 my dad uh, that was one of the you know first things he heard from them and uh, you know helped them get their first column in the magazine and you know from then on was just kind of a big uh Guy, big big helper of, of the uh, the Houston uh, music scene. It's funny. I was I had a class. I had a history class. The TA was a guy from Texas A and M, and I came in with a shirt that said Trill, mm-hmm. and it was a shirt I got actually. It was a four X shirt at the time from early two thousands, but right. I could still fit the it. Tall team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It was a tall team, yeah. so that's why I could still fit it. So I was wearing it, and it said Trill on it, and Trill is a big uh, Houston, Texas. You know it, it's. The origins of it, you know, come from the UGK, uh, you know, era and, and, and that, that that scene in Houston. And uh the teacher was like, you know, what do you know about that? that? Yeah, was, yeah we're, in, we're on the East Coast. What do you know about that? Told him who my dad was. Turns out this guy wrote a book on Houston rap and oh, knew wow. everything about wow. my dad. And, you know, because my dad, when my dad, my dad eventually would become CEO of the company. But he uh, he uh took over the company you know with a lot of turmoil i think they had a, a lawsuit going against them and really just wasn't um you know the optimal time to to, to take over the company you know just there's a lot of stuff going on but uh one of the one of the things he did was make this houston rap cover where he had pretty much you know anyone you could think of from slim thug to bun b uh, mike jones i believe was there paul wall obviously a there, devin dude uh, was another guy that he loved and always uh, just was a big supporter of. And uh, he he had that cover. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty you know, symbolic cover for, for people in Houston. Um, so he knew him from that. And, and, you know, so it's just funny. I'll give my dad, I'll just run into random people
0: that, you know, know who my dad is, do stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. That's pretty, yeah, and those names are rattling off. It was just like a time capsule for me, you know. Yeah. Like I said, the middle school and high school dances, those were the. Uh,
2: those mm-hmm. are the tracks that were planned. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, shifting gears a little bit yeah. um, to your academic undertaking here at Rutgers, yeah. you are an information tech and inf- informatics major. Yep. And yeah. so, first of all, I'm just going to need you to explain to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a guy who tweets <laughs> and talks about sports for a living what that major entails. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, so, here at Rutgers, uh, what that, that major you know kind of entails or encompasses is. It's a, it's a mix of, uh, you know, data analytics, uh, programming, and, uh, you know, there's some web design in there. You know, we have, we you know, there's a class we have called social informatics. Um, it's really, for me, I'm in the major because I'm, and it kind of relates because you, you say you tweet out, you know, a lot. It's, it's uh, I'm in it for, for the data aspect of it. You know, I've just always been a guy. Uh, you know, I was real big on technology growing up. Um you know, I was the, you know, help guys with their iPhone. Sure. You know, I was yeah. always the one, you know, you know, the guy, oh, well, just go to Dorian. He'll help you out with that. You right. Know, whether it was, was computer-based or, you know, if it was through your iPhone. Um, so that's part of why I, I got into the major because I took the intro class and, and coming into college, I was like, all right, I'm definitely coming here, taking advantage of it. I'm getting a meaningful degree. Right. I'm going to make this, you know, I'm going to make this definitely worthwhile. And um, I finally took the... The, the intro to iti class and i was like all right this is perfect this is what mm-hmm. i you know we in that class we did you know stuff like build infographics and uh obviously you learn the basics and you know there's a lot of vocab not vocab but terms and um you know things that you have to to to, to go through and learn but yeah my favorite thing from that class was just the, the infographic that we had to build and um you know i think through that i, I just learned I, I really like working with data and and you know seeing how you could use it to help a business or help a company. So that's that's really what I'm in the major for, but there are other sides of it. You know, you do have to, the reason why we we take programming classes, you know, that's probably been the toughest part for me. Um, I'm not really a, (laughs) you know, I'm not a computer science guy, so, uh, and I'm not really necessarily a math guy, so it's kind of tough because, um, you know, those classes are pretty, pretty, it's like learning a new language. You know, we're working with Java, Java, that's really what they make you learn. And, um, you know, that class, uh, you know, it's, it's probably been the toughest part of the major, but not go
0: ahead. Got any uh, specific – I was just going to ask if you had mm-hmm. any specific career paths after football yeah. well, that you were uh, thinking of taking.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the, the primary one would, would be, you know, uh, coincidentally enough, it would be music-related. Yeah. Um, you know, I still – that that's pretty really my – it would be 1A and 1B. It would be football 1A and then music 1B sure. as, as as my passions, you know, if I'm not – you know, playing football, you know, I'm trying to find who the next biggest artist is, or I just feel like I have a good ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know, not to boast, bo- boast and brag <laughs> about myself. I do have the timestamps and the, the post, but, you know, I was up early on Kendrick, you know, I was making right. sure I was in 2012. I was telling people, this is the guy, you know, this is the, the future of the West Coast rap game. And lo and behold, I'm seeing them sell out Barclays yeah, two well, weeks ago. It was so. funny
0: when I was, before I was even in college, mm-hmm. uh, Drake came to campus, and his, mm. his opener was Kendrick Lamar and A$AP Rocky. Yep, I remember and, that tour. Yeah, and I think that was the OVO tour. And, yeah. I mean, no one really knew about Kendrick yeah. or ASAP then. And then soon enough, Kendrick was coming back for his own concert, you know, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the big arena. so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just kind of funny to, to see. So, you know, you got to remind people now and again, put those timestamps down yeah. the year on it beforehand. So yeah, definitely, yeah. And there's no reason why, you know, the um, analytics things you're picking up uh, yeah. in class can't oh, be incorporated right. into what music right. or football or whatever, right. you know.
3: And, just, and through that, just utilizing, you know, because I'm just thankful and fortunate to to have uh, my father. And, and, you know, he's worked with so many guys. You know, the source was kind of like a the same way, you know, in football there's coaching trees. You look at Urban Meyer. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody that coaches under him eventually or usually becomes a head coach. Right. You know, it's just pretty – at this point it's inevitable. The same way that happens with uh, Saban and other guys. Mm. Um, The Source was pretty much that for the the music industry. There's guys that left there that, you know, are are at XXL now, or there's guys that are program directors at c 45 that worked at The Source. The Source was kind of a, you know, that was just, it was kind of it at the time in the mid-'90s because you didn't have, you know, you didn't have satellite radio, you didn't have social media. At that time, they were really the the, the main rap magazine. I mean, they were outselling GQ and Rolling Stone at one point. So, uh, you know, it was pretty much everybody a lot of people in the music industry now was funneled through there and uh so yeah just utilizing my dad's resources through that and and yeah like you said applying maybe uh something from his degree and, and 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 like i said if, if the music industry turns out to to not be what it you know i hoped it would be that's part of why you know i, I have that that second passion and uh
0: with data analytics and working with technology right so. good to have options mm-hmm. um so a few more questions for you Yeah. In the so in the NFL, we always see how QBs take their uh, their offensive lines out for you know expensive dinners, or they'll buy them a yeah, set of yeah, yeah. a set of ATVs or something like that. Yep. Obviously, can't really do that in college uh, on, on that budget. So, <laughs> what are some bonding things that uh, you've done with your O line and, and maybe with your quarterback involved as well?
3: Yeah, we've uh, you know so during uh, the off season, you know, Coach Blazic, our O line coach, he likes to do a lot with us. Uh, we actually just recently we went to this place. I don't know if it's. Nationwide, or if it's just a Jersey thing, but uh, they have this place called YesterCades, and it's pretty much a, a place where they they take old uh, arcade, arcade games and, yeah. and, and throw it. in. I'm sure there's uh, different companies or different groups of people that do it across the country. It's like a thing
0: that's that's like a trend now. There's one right by my uh, my apartment. Okay. You, know, you go and get the whole old arcade, and you can you mm-hmm. know. Have a beer or whatever like that. And play, yeah, so it's fun.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much that. You know, yeah, I do definitely think they do some, uh, you know, some some old adult stuff. Right. Obviously, kids are welcome you know, right. early on, but I think late night they try to uh, do some adult stuff. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, that's one of the things we did that's, that's been real cool. And uh, I'm trying to think what else, man. I mean, we we spent a lot of time with his family. Sure, you know, that's just another thing. You know, it's just bonding wise is is real. Uh, real cool and and just to get to know him as a person um i know some of the other groups went to topgolf there's a place called top i've been to Golf. yeah 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 topgolf just try to utilize what's in the area uh you know just just going out for a nice dinner just talking you yeah, know really just just getting to know uh coach Blas.
0: all right so uh i'm gonna wrap up here with mm-hmm. a few, few segments for you all right um Basically, I've been asking these questions to all the players I talked to so far. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun questions, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's it, it's something that you have to answer off the top of your head. So, uh, just putting you on the spot a little bit. All right. first one, uh, it's a training camp compliments, is what I call it. So, mm-hmm. we're giving uh, compliments to your rival teams in the Big Ten since it's training right. camp before the season starts. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we're we're not into all the heated uh, <laughs> games just yet. So, yeah. say something nice about. First of all, who do you think Rutgers' biggest rival was now that they're uh, kind of acclimating to the Big Ten a little bit? I mean, you know, I, I think every, everybody wants to make
3: it our rival for sure, but uh, I guess I would have to go with Maryland, okay. you know, just because we had that, if you go to the first game, we had the, uh, or it was the first or second game where we had the, the big uh, comeback, comeback mm-hmm. went on them, and then uh, the following year they came to our place and uh, beat us, and Obviously, because of proximity, yeah. You know, and then we're doing the, the game at Yankee Stadium this year, so right. I think that that definitely adds a little uh, extra, little flavor to the to the, the, the matchup. So I would have to go Maryland. All
0: right, so say something nice about uh, the Terps and. The oh Missouri. man, uh, <laughs>
3: hey, I, I when I, I remember I went down there to visit with my my older brother. Crab cakes, on point. All right, so a compliment him on the food.
0: All right, <laughs> next segment. Uh, I know you're a music guy. Give, yeah. me, give me the song of the summer. Uh what's the soundtrack? You look back at song summer of the 17. Summer.
3: Okay, okay. So you definitely got can I give you more than one? Sure. Unforgettable French, French Montana. Okay. You gotta give a gotta give a big East Coast shout out to uh Cardi B. That's really taken off recently, the the Bodak Yellow. And uh maybe go uh You got Unforgettable and Cardi uh probably magnolia uh playboy cardi song the in new york i Rock. rock oh,
0: okay, so, yeah, okay yeah you probably go with that
3: yeah. one those three those three are probably the the songs of the summer for sure
0: all right next one uh calling it bus tour bites so we're you know we got it we got to eat yeah. at all these places i think we got uh on the bus i think it's chaffee's that was okay that was really good okay yeah former player yep former player holding it down with the raiders now so give me a place on uh records
3: campus that you like to eat for me personally, I'm not. I, I, I go a little different. I'm a, I'm a Mexican guy. Uh, I'm not actually Mexican, <laughs> but I, I like Mexican food, and uh, I have to go to Ria. Right. Usually, everybody that, that's a little different. You know, you, you can still go to stuff, get your shumpei, or you can go to Are You Hungry or Are You Grill, and yep. get your fast sandwich. but right.
0: If you want a little something different, that's that's pretty top notch. I would go to taqueria. Can't get wrong with Mexican food. No. Um, <clears throat> all right. Second to last segment is called Eggshells. So it's like a coach, you know, that you kind of walk around eggshells a little bit. (laughs) Who's one coach that you're a little bit intimidated by, and uh, why don't you want to make a Uh, I I would have to go with my own coach, Coach Blasey. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just,
3: you know, and it's not a a knock on him, but he's just always uh, on, whether it's, you know, keeping guys back on the 15-yard line or whether it's making sure you know what you're doing in the meeting room. Uh, I would say – from the outside looking in, especially around uh, the other players, they definitely look to Coach Blas as the the enforcer and the guy that's uh, kind of always making sure things are uh, operating smoothly. So, see the Blas guy that was it. yelling
0: a lot during the. Or,
3: uh, did he have the yeah, red hat on?
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, black shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that was probably him. Yeah. All right, final <laughs> segment. It's called uh, "Scrap That." So, one drill in practice that you know you can probably do without. You don't. You, you, you if you had the choice, you could eliminate it. <laughs>
3: I would probably. Me personally, if, you know, if I had to go without one, I love it. I love inside run. I love one-on-ones. I'm cool with those. But we got this drill called pods. You know, it's don't a need- little it, – don't <laughs> need it. Don't need it. I, I think we could just get straight into inside run and, and, and get an extra set of inside run in instead of doing pods. Pods gets a little weird, you know. There's, there's a, it's a half line drill essentially, sure. yeah. So you know the running back could always cut it back, or you
0: know it's just it's not really real football. Right. We'll tell uh, Coach Ash and Coach Kill to <laughs> tune in and you know take your advice a little bit. All and right, maybe yep. we'll see what happens. Mm. But uh, Dorian, that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for taking the time. A lot of great stuff, and best of luck this season. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Dorian for joining me, and thanks one more time to Wade, Jay Sean and all the SIDs at, at these schools made these interviews possible. Just talking to these guys and getting out to practice and just being on the bus tour has been a ton of fun so far and hopefully it's been just as enjoyable to listen to. So thanks as always to West White for producing and we'll have more from the bus tour coming your way as we move along. But until then, we'll talk to you next time on the Take 10 Podcast.